a playlist original. Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Breakfast Food Club. I'm Emily and today I'm joined by Lorraine Brown who is an author. Her book The Uncoupling is out now. It's also called The Paris Connection in America and when it's out on paperback in January it will be called The Paris Connection Everywhere. We do discuss the name change in the episodes and why they do that in the publishing industry which is something I have often wondered about, so I'm sure you have too. We also discuss um, Lorraine's inspiration, authors who've inspired her, how she comes up with the hook for her novels, um, and where she got the inspiration for the uncoupling from. Um, If you've read it, it's probably stressed you out as well. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi Lorraine, how are you? Hi, I'm very well. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you so much for being a guest. Um, I absolutely loved your book, so I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. It's lovely to hear. So we will just jump straight in today. What are you currently reading? So I'm currently reading The Idea of You by Robin Lee. I don't know if you've read that, um, Emily, but it basically, um, the premise is, a mum, she's 39, she has a 12-year-old daughter, and the daughter wins a competition to go backstage at a sort of boy band concert, this huge boy band, I guess a bit like One Direction, um, were in the day, and they go backstage to meet this boy band, and the mum has this kind of instant connection with the lead singer of this band, but he's 20 years younger than her, plus her daughter's in love with him and has posters plastered on her wall. So the whole thing is basically about their affair, and it's kind of very sexy and intense and kind of pacey and they sort of travel because he's traveling with his work they're all around the world they're in LA they're in Paris um it's just yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really loving it it's something very different it feels quite edgy and um and I like I love the premise kind of everyone's fantasy isn't it they go backstage to meet a band and the lead singer falls in love yeah <laughs> I wish that would happen to me <laughs> yeah it is like that not cliche, but it is everyone's like teenage fantasy is, oh, you just meet them and then that's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just go imagine, off around the world. If, imagine if then your mum. Your mum did. <laughs> God, you'd be mortified. I know, exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's all going to yes, get a bit tense at one point. But, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying the settings as well. Um, and, and, the, and the lead character is an art dealer. So that's a world I don't really know anything about, but it's obviously quite glamorous and, and she's always traveling and it's interesting to learn a bit about art just through you know her words so yeah I really recommend I have that on my shelf actually um and it's one that I've been meaning to pick up since the summer mm. it's like a, a warm like summer read but maybe I'll just have it as a bit of escapism in the winter <laughs> yeah I think you'll get through it really quickly so you know yeah I think you'll like it so I'm currently reading One Last Stuff by Casey McQuinston. Um, and I'd seen it everywhere online. Um, Casey McQuinston also wrote Red, White and Royal Blue, oh, yeah. which everybody loves. And this is actually, I hadn't read Red, White and Royal Blue, but this, the cover's gorgeous. So I was like, I'll give this a go. <laughs> so mm. shallow, but it's what happens, isn't it? That's why covers are beautiful (laughs) um and it's about a girl who meets another girl on the train and they have this instant connection but she's always on the train every time that the girl gets on the train Jane is there 
And it turns out Jane is actually from 1974 mm-hmm. and she had no idea that she was stuck on this train. So she's not a ghost. I might, I don't think that's a spoiler. She, <laughs> she's not a ghost, <laughs> but she is stuck on the train. And it's sort of unraveling how she got there, why she's still there, why they have this instant connection. And I'm just getting towards the end of it now. And it is really good. I've never read anything like that before. I didn't know what to expect going into it, but I'm definitely enjoying it. That sounds really different. Um... Yeah. And it's not like heavy. It is quite lighthearted and fun. And yeah, there's like party scenes and yeah, Mm. it's interesting. We'll have to pick that up. That sounds good. So the general hook of the podcast is your most important read. Mm. What have you chosen as your most important read? Yeah, it was hard, isn't it? Hard to pin it down to one, isn't it? But I was thinking, um, for reasons I'll explain, one of my most important reads is actually The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. And the reason for that is that I had written this romantic comedy, Uncoupling. but it wasn't really a proper romantic comedy at that point. It was, so whenever I got feedback from agents, it was like, it was sort of, it's not quite fitting into the genre. There's something missing. Um, and at the time I was doing a, a mentor scheme with Penguin Random House and I had like an editor and you know, we were working together, but there was something that wasn't quite working with the book. And then someone said to me, oh, read Beth O'Leary's The Flat Share. It just come out and you'll sort of see the, the kind of modern rom-com um, that people are looking for. So I read that book and something just clicked in my head and I um, went back and I did a redraft of Uncoupling and I sort of knew after reading Beth's work like what was missing, like my book wasn't warm enough, there were no real funny moments, I'm not really great at writing comedy but you know there were literally no funny moments, it was quite serious so I lightened it up um, and just sort of scattered through a lot more romance and sort of, then I sent it off to agents again, bearing in mind I'd had lots of rejection up until this point, sent it off to agents again and something had just switched and um, a couple of agents called in the full manuscript and that's kind of got the, the whole ball rolling with me signing with an agent and then getting a publishing deal. So I sort of feel really indebted to Beth O'Leary for yeah. <laughs> showing me where I was going wrong um, and it really, really helped me um, to think about genre specifically. I think with romantic comedy you really do, there are certain markers you have to hit and certain things the audience are expecting. Um, and, and that sort of showed me what they were. Yeah, I absolutely loved the Fletcher. Like, I would have not really read romantic comedy. I was like, oh, the like cringy cliche, like going back mm. to the old school, like what you would have read as a yeah. teenager, which probably years ago they were a bit cringy and cliche. And yeah, then yeah, they were. I joined, yeah. <laughs> I joined Bookstagram and everyone was talking about the flat show and I was like no 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 I'm not not that's not for me and then I thought no I've seen her so much I need to read this book and I just fell head over heels in love with it with the genre and I was like right okay this this is what I like to read like what have I been missing out on yeah there was something about that book that was a game changer wasn't there it felt a lot kind of more modern um, yeah like it's just it's like a modern story te- story that people can relate to but mm. you still get that escapism you're not like reading it and thinking oh yeah this is I'm gonna go and put the bins out I'm gonna do this gonna do that it's like yeah that's it and lovely sort of escape 
and some of those darker issues she tackled but in a sort of light way which is what I tried to do in Uncoupling as well like I think didn't, um, the lead character had a sort of abusive relationship didn't she beforehand and then Leon had a brother in prison or something like that so you know tackling these yeah. you know, deep issues but with a light touch which I think um, I really liked. Yeah um, definitely um, but that brings us on to your book so yes. tell us no one knows it better than you tell us what <laughs> your book's about <laughs> yeah so it's about um hannah who's my main character and her and her boyfriend si are on a train a night train on the way from venice to amsterdam to go to his sister's wedding and hannah's from a very working class background and, and si is from a sort of more affluent background so this wedding was this big kind of furore over it it's like high society wedding his sister's making uh, Big fuss she's a real bridezilla so she's not really looking forward to going to this wedding but um anyway they're on this night train and she gets up in the middle of the night to move seats because she can't sleep and sigh snoring and there's loads of noise in their carriage and because they'd have to rush for their train they don't realize that it's actually separating in geneva in the middle of the night when she wakes up she's arriving in paris and Sai is on another part of the train that's on its way to amsterdam so um for various reasons she finds herself stuck in paris for the day where she meets this handsome Parisian guy called Leo, who is kind of basically everything Sai isn't. And he helps her to see a different side of herself and sort of work out what's missing from her life and, and what she might want to change. And by the time she meets up with Sai again, everything is different. I absolutely loved it. Although the train splitting in the middle of the night did like almost give me a panic attack when I was reading it I was like this is my idea of a nightmare like not now like I don't commute now I work from home but when I lived in Manchester I used to commute and my train would split just before my stop and half would go to my stop and half would go on to Hull which Mm -hmm. is obviously the opposite side of the country (laughs) and I would every single day I'd sit in the same carriage because I was like this this carriage is fine (laughs) And every day they'd say, if you're in blah, 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 like we're about to split, like move carriages. And I'd be like, am I in the right part? Where am I? Am I going to end up miles away? How will I get home? It's pitch black. So when I read that, I was like, oh my God, this, (laughs) I don't know how I would go in a different country. Like at least if I was, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it works out well in the book. She has a lovely day in Paris. Uh, That actually happened to my brother really (laughs) so did he end up in Paris or was it just like a minor inconvenience for him yeah no he was in actually he was in eastern Europe you know doing some interrailing with his girlfriend and she got up in the middle of the night and the train divided and they ended up in different eastern European countries and so that was a very different experience because obviously I sort of wanted to set it somewhere well that I knew well and a little bit more romantic but yeah, they found each other very quickly. They're both quite laid back. I would have been panicky if that was me. But yeah, they're both laid back, <laughs> found each other again. It was fine. <laughs> they're still together. Yeah. But yeah, I sort of, I remember hearing that, I, hearing what happened to him. That was about 15 years ago. I think, you know, that would make such a good idea for a book or a film. I wasn't even a writer then. I hadn't even thought about being a writer. But when I um, sat down to write a novel, I, that sort of came to mind as a starting yeah. point. So that was your starting point, just to like, springboards off of that and see where it took you yeah that's it because I think that's what well I don't know it's what I find difficult about writing books is coming up with that hook and whenever I used to send off to agents or go and see workshops they'd always be like you know in your covering letter 
make sure you put the hook of your novel what's different about it what's going to grab the readers I'm like, I don't know what's <laughs> um, so I sort of had in my mind that oh, maybe a train separating in the night is a hook and I just all went with it and it seemed to work out okay but you know previous hooks I'd come up with um, didn't work out so well so yeah so was this the first week you sat down to write or did you have other ideas before you got to this one yeah I had another idea um I did write one full novel before this one and it was strange because I said it was another romantic comedy I guess although in hindsight it probably wasn't quite fitting into that genre and at that time this was before the flat share there was a real lull in sales I think for um women's romantic fiction and a lot of feedback from agents was like we just won't be able to sell it um the, the genre isn't doing well um but I also think it didn't have enough of a hook and I guess you can kind of tell because when I sort of tried to tell people what the book was about you know I sort of fumbled over it and you know there's no clear kind of this is what it's about um but I think the act of writing a book and just getting to the end of it and sort of doing a bit of character development you know makes me because I never thought I could write that many words so even the fact that I'd just done that sort of gave me the confidence to try again with uncoupling yeah like when I see like I think people are doing that writing program at the minute is it like not know me or yeah, something. NaNoWriMo or something yeah NaNoWriMo yeah and people are like putting how many words they've wrote that day and I'm like oh my god like <laughs> how we like how have you got so many words done in one day like you don't realize when you're reading a book obviously you know how long it is but when you sit down and go it's like I don't know 80,000 words or whatever like, that is some going <laughs> yeah it, it feels impossible at the time have you have you ever tried writing no um it's not people always say like oh you read so much like would you write a book from my like, I just love reading them I wrote a dissertation earlier this year for university and that was like 10,000 words and it took me months I mean it, it was a bit mm. more boring than a romantic comedy I will admit <laughs> but I was just like no I'm, this isn't for me <laughs> No, reading is for you exactly reading yes and, uh, yeah podcasting taking pictures of them <laughs> yeah you take very nice pictures <laughs> oh thank you um so what would you say is your most anticipated read well actually i got a um proof copy sent through that's another advantage of being an author and i'm sure it's the same for you being a um, podcast instagram you get lots of, sort of Three books and before they've even come out which is yeah isn't it like when it first such a perk I'm like I've like, <gasps> <laughs> got one through yesterday and then funnily enough last night I did a zoom call with them because my publisher in America is Penguin Random House and they do this really cool thing called Author University where they get well we don't have to do it but I did they get all their authors together and they do workshops for them and last night's one was about social media so some of the Penguin authors would talk about how they'd grown their their brand and stuff like that and then afterwards went out to breakout rooms and um, I met this author whose book I'd received yesterday her name's Holly James and she's like oh I think you've got my book oh, I'm so embarrassed but um I'm really excited about it um it's about a woman who makes a wish but then how it's a kind of lightly speculative and then something happens with the wish and basically after that from that moment on she can't tell lies so everything she says is the truth um <sighs> what i love about it is that it's set in la which is 
I reckon one of my favourite cities in the world. I absolutely love LA. I spent a couple of months there. Um, I was trying to be an actress before as a writer. Um, and I went to LA for a couple of months and it's just the most fun, exciting city. It's got everything, it's got beaches, it's got restaurants, shops. Um, so, and also having read the idea of you or having reading it now, that a lot of that is set in LA. So I'm really in the LA vibe. So I'm very excited about that book. Yeah, I would absolutely love to go to LA. It's one of the places on my list, mm. which has ever grown since we haven't really been able to travel for two years. I'm like, the whole world's on it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go, go anyway. anyway. <laughs> I was excited to come to Liverpool on Tuesday. So <laughs> that was enough of a holiday for me. Um, so my most anticipated read is actually Beth O'Leary's new book, which is out next year. Uh, the no show yeah um which just the covers like bright yellow which just looks absolutely gorgeous um but it also sounds great like three three people getting stood up by the same man like just classic beth o'leary bit of fun perfect she's very good at coming up with hooks isn't she <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, I think that's sort of what like drew me into the flat because I was like, how can these two people share a bed? Like, mm. one, that's disgusting. But two, how do they make it work? It's too much, it's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I'd rather not. But um, it worked. It definitely mm. worked in that book. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, I just what saw was... her US cover and that looks really um, <gasps> Yeah. That looks good as well. That's a question I have for you, actually, because your book is out in paperback in January, but it's got a new name. What was the thought process behind that? Because the uncoupling, that was released in America under a different name originally. Is that right? Or have I made that up? Yeah, that's right. So I originally, when I submitted the book, I originally called it The Paris Train. But then feedback from both my UK and US editor was that that sounded too much like a sort of world war ii saga or something and so there was a umming and ahhing and the uk came up came up with the idea of uncoupling but in america i don't think that they call it uncoupling when a train separates so it didn't sort of have the same double meaning so they decided on the paris connection and then um quite recently when the uk were talking about the paperback they thought that it would be a good idea to change it so it was the same title as the us edition but also so that when you see it on a shelf, perhaps in a supermarket or in you know, WH Smith or whatever, it's, sort of, um, it's kind of quite clear what the story is about. I think they thought that uncoupling was a little bit ambiguous in terms of the story could be about anything. Um, and they wanted it to really kind of pop on the shelves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it has been, I, know, I found it a little confusing to kind of, <laughs> I don't know what to call it at the moment because the paperback's still not out. When I talk about the book, I'm still talking about uncoupling, but yeah, so it's going to be called The Paris Connection and it's out on the 6th of January. Um, in paperback. Yeah, I always wonder why, because it seems to be not really common, but it is quite common for American books to be, have different names to the UK editions. I'm like, why? Why is that? Obviously just yeah. different audiences, isn't it? I think it works better if it's the same name, because then there's sort of a crossover, you know, like, um, I don't know, if it does well in one country or does better in one country than the other, there can be some sort of... Um, crossover I suppose but yeah I think especially with social media now if mm. 
I'm talking about one book, but my audience in America are like, oh, we can't get this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you can. It just has a different name. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, yeah. it's just easy if it's all the same. So yeah, it'll work out um, well in the end for the Paris Connection. Yeah, I do. I like both names, but the Paris Connection, I can see why you would change it. So that brings us to the end. So I've got two final quick fire questions for you, which are, well, the first one is, what would be your desert island book and breakfast? Oh, well, breakfast would be egg on toast. I'm obsessed with it. Um, <laughs> like scrambled egg, poached egg, sourdough toast, brown toast, it, really nice bread, eggs. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah, it has to be really nice bread. I feel like that really elevates the yes I do whole experience <laughs> and I absolutely loved you a hotel breakfast I recently stayed in a hotel um in Bristol for a couple of nights and I don't know she's obsessed with she's going down to that buffet oh yeah <laughs> that's what I've missed like usually as well in a hotel like the butter's different like everything just yeah. tastes like a hotel I'm like that's all I want I don't even have to go mm. anywhere we just go down the road and <laughs> stay in yeah. a hotel just for I the breakfast <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's my favourite part, staying in a hotel. Um, and the book, I think, would probably be Normal People by Sally Rooney. I just love that book so much. I love the TV show. I'm obsessed with that as well. Um, and I just, I just, I don't normally reread books, actually, but I have reread that two or three times just because I kind of think it's kind of perfection, the way that, you know, she develops the characters, develops the relationship. But nothing much happens, but you're still so invested in, in these two people and can't stop turning pages and I just love it yeah I absolutely love normal people as well have you read a new one yet no I haven't have you no not yet it's on my shelf but it's sort of like I want to read it but I have so so many expectations that I don't because I'm like will it live up to my own personal hype <laughs> I know I've given I know. to it <laughs> it seems to be holding up doesn't it from the reviews I've read people seem to be enjoying it yeah I can't wait for conversations with friends it's coming on tv soon isn't it yes I'm so excited for that um because mm. that's what got me into I'd read conversations with friends the book mm. before normal people and I was like yeah you know it's a book like mm. great and then watched normal people the tv show and then I was like oh because Sally Rooney's writing style is so different to anything I'd read before I was like yeah. I get it now and then I read Normal People, the book, and I was like, okay, I wish I would have saved Conversation with Friends because I'd have probably just enjoyed it so much more and just like appreciated yeah. the writing really, style. She doesn't, really use, she doesn't use punctuation, does she? Am I right in thinking? Or she doesn't use speech marks or something? It's something yeah. that takes a bit of getting used to. Yeah. So obviously, going into Beautiful World, where are you? You know, you know what to expect now. So you, hopefully, it's just yeah. a joy. <laughs> And final questions, final question. Who would be your three bookish dinner guests? Oh, wow. Um, maybe David Nichols, because One Day is one of my other favourite books and probably the book that made me think that I wanted to write a book. Although, of course, I never thought I could write a book as good as that, which is still remains true. But <laughs> it sort of made me think, oh, I would love to write something like that. Um, and also I think he seems like a really nice guy over lockdown he was really helpful to authors like debut authors because mine came my book came out in the middle of lockdown and he sort of tweeted about it and you know lots of other 
baby orcas as well. And he just seems lovely and a nice guy to have at the dinner table. That's what you want. Someone, someone nice who also has a lot of chat. Yes, exactly. And then, yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with the Obamas. I'd love to have Michelle. I'd love to meet Michelle Obama or Barack Obama either. I'd love. I'd yeah. love to be obsessed with them. Yeah, I, um, either or, so just on Obama. <laughs> they just seem either like or. great people, don't Obama. they? <laughs> they do. So interesting, warm, nice. Um, and then I don't know for the third guest, any of the authors I've met over the last um, year. I'm in mean, these two groups, one called Debut 20s, one called Debut 21s. And we're all new authors. And we have Zoom calls. We've actually started to meet up in person a little bit now. Um, and it's just, you know, there are just people I feel really instantly close to. I think you always need someone at a dinner party that's your kind of wingman that you feel that you know a bit better than everyone else. You know, you can go to if there's a bit of a disaster and be like, oh God, you know, I've run out of something or other. And they're, yeah. you know, they've kind of become friends over the last year and um, and they're fun as well. Have it must be life. quite a bond and experience. One, to have a book come out at the same time as other people, but also during the pandemic and lockdown, just to be like, what is going on? <laughs> exactly, what is happening? How am I yeah. going to promote my book? Um, am I going to sell any books with the bookshops closed? Um, yeah, like that must have been such a stress. Like mm-hmm. there's the one place that you would go to to sell a book is now shut. I know. And then when, I, when the bookshops, because my book came out on the 18th of February, everything was closed. And the shops didn't open again until the 12th of April. So it's nearly two months later. So I then sort of rang around to my local bookshops. Oh, have you got my book in? And then some of them were like, oh, you've missed your slot now. Kind of thing. That's just so disappointing. You know, you spend years writing this book and then, oh. So annoying. You'd think your slot could be like switched because of the pandemic. Like just push it back a little bit. (laughs) I know. I guess there's lots of other books coming out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it works, but. I did eventually see it in a, book, in a bookshop. I went to Waterstones Piccadilly. Oh. Huge, and I'd always wanted yeah. to see my book. And that's where I first saw it. And it was, it was yeah, I felt quite emotional. I'm not really a crier, but I am. Um, I did feel very happy and a little bit emotional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your most important book with us and all coupling or the Paris connection, if you want to add, add the uncoupling to your Christmas list, or if not, get the Paris connection with your Christmas vouchers. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> Thanks so much, Emily. Was, that was fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Breakfast Book Club. If you've enjoyed the episode, please leave a review as it helps other people to find the podcast. Hopefully, I will see you back here first thing Monday morning for the next episode. Bye.